go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who have been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. So welcome. We're still partially in lockdown and we're in Northern California and we have a very special guest. We are, Northern California is a, a, a great expanse. We're kind of central upper Northern California. So we're not at the top of California, but we're in the Sacramento, Placer, you know, area and Davis. And um, we're talking today with Randy Aspinall, who is the manager of Amy Hardware's Nursery. And Randy, um, can you tell us, um, first of all, how long have you been with Amy Hardware and a little history of Amy? Sure. Well, I've I've been with Amy Hardware about 15 years now, um, which is amazing to think that it's yeah, time's gone by so quickly. Um, the store actually started in 1908, downtown Sacramento. It moved a couple of times downtown and then moved to the Arden Park area um, in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s and then moved to its present location, kind of catty corner, corner across the street from where it used to be um, in the mid-60s, about 1968, I think. And um, it's been there ever since. It's This is the fifth uh, generation that now um, wow. is operating the store. Um, goes way back um, to uh, the Amy family and currently... Um, Mary Amy is married to Rich Lawrence, and they have a son, Brian Lawrence, and Brian Lawrence now runs the, the operation of Amy Hardware and then our outdoor living store next door. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember seeing in the hallway a photograph of a horse and cart in front of the original store on J Street. Yes, yeah, it, and what they sold in those days was pretty amazing, too. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a little different back then, that's for sure. I don't know, if, I, I'm assuming they sold fertilizer and those sorts of things then, too. I know they sold shovels, but... Um, and picks, and yeah. Yeah, well, this is, this is gold country. But, um, so, lately, well, in the last couple months, um, I've run into you a number of times in the store, and you've been telling me about the truckloads of vegetable and, and flower and uh, and fruit tree starts. And can you tell us a little bit of that overwhelming information? Right. Well, the, the, the pandemic has created a, sort of a goal for everyone, it seems to be, to plant a garden. And um, some people have an established garden, so... They didn't need quite so many things. They primarily needed plant starts. But then we have this huge group of people that have never grown a garden before. And those people are um, buying everything um, that they need. And, and it's been pretty crazy. I mean, plants, thousands of plants a week are going through a lot of vegetable starts there in April. Um, but soil, soil has been... The soil companies can't keep up. I mean, we have four major soil companies that we buy from, including Scott's and SunGrow and E.B. Stone. So if a person came to you to start off with and said, hi, I've never done, grown a garden in my life. I have no idea what to do. What do you tell them? 
Well, I first ask them what, what their goal is. Um, I think everybody in this situation has a purpose. They, they, they have a reason why they want to grow a garden. And so I ask them what, what their ultimate outcome they want to be. Um, and usually, let's say, for instance, it's vegetables. They want to grow vegetables. I ask them specifically what vegetables they want to grow. And, of course, in Sacramento, it's tomatoes are always number one on the list. Um, and from there, we talk about where they're going to place the garden. Um, is it going to have enough sun? Is it going to have too much sun? Um, and then, you know, what's the soil look like? And most, most often in this area, soil is uh, a big deal because we don't have the greatest soil. We have pretty hard clay. Yeah. And so uh, we start talking about, um, and a lot of people now are doing raised beds. Raised beds are a big deal, but we also talk about uh, the planting process because a lot of people think they just go home and stick, stick the tomato in the ground and they're done. And for us, it's um, talking about what what the outcome should be uh, when they get it planted. How's it going to get water? Um, are you going to add mycorrhizae to the soil? Uh, explaining what mycorrhizae is. Uh, quite often explaining how to water. Um, people, believe it or not, don't they, they just think they take a hose and spray the plant and that's going to do it for them. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does, it may, it's a lot of it's educational and it really, it, the sad part for me is I never get to see the outcome. You know, I just, right. I just get to get it started. You guys are lucky. You always get to see the outcome of what you create. But in our case, we spend a lot of time just, um, you know, giving them the steps to get going and then wonder at how it worked. How it worked. You know, something I've always been so impressed with at Amy is, and, and let me, let me, for our listeners, let me let you understand that Amy Hardware is one of those old time hardware stores, although it looks very modern, where they have a little bit of everything, whatever you're looking for. And so what I've been so impressed with is no matter who you ask, who's working there, a question, they answer intelligently. <laughs> and so it's, uh, I know in the garden section um, that you, you folks working there, Give everyone really your time. That's true, um, it, and it does take time. People, some, like I said, there's there's established gardeners. People have been planting tomatoes in Sacramento for fifty years, but that's not the majority of our customers. The majority of our customers mm -hmm. come in, especially mm -hmm. this time of year, are people who have have not or or done very little or have had mixed results, and so you have to evaluate what they're telling you. And you have to figure out what it is that they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And um, and you don't always get there with one or two questions, you know. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If we're talking about going to the housewares department or the plumbing department or, or paint, you have to ask people lots of questions and mm -hmm. get the answers that you want. It's almost, it's almost like what Michael and I have to go through when we're right. designing we have to ask you know not just what your end goal is but you know what are you looking for and uh, what, what do you want and, and what's your budget i what's love budget? hardware stores to me a hardware store is, is better than a clothing store better than any place it's like i could just wander for hours i love I, and i love your hardware store it's great oh thank you 
Yeah. You know, speaking of raised beds, Randy, um, let's say someone who's not handy wants to do a garden for the first time and, and put in a raised bed. Do you have kits for that or um, an we easy do. way? We do have kits. We have a couple different kind. We have the standard wooden frame that they can snap together. And then we have um, actual concrete block that's designed to be raised beds. And, and those are very popular um, and kind of everything in between. Um, yeah. I was going to say, you need to have a competition. You said you never get to see the finished product. You need a competition where people bring in pictures of their vegetable garden. Yeah. And they get a, they, and you pick the best one or an award or judge or right. something. Yeah. That way no, you get to actually, see it. And with social media now, and we are big at Amy Hardware on social media and on the internet, period. And that would actually be a really good idea. We should follow. Yeah, that that is a great idea. Because, you know, people, um, especially new gardeners, when they... When they pick their first piece of, you know, fruit or vegetable, um, there's such a feeling of um, satisfaction, of satisfaction of bringing forth fruit. And it'd be great to see pictures of what, you know, what they're doing. It's some of them. It's the very first time they've ever. And, and it's true when when I remember the very first time I had planted one in years and I did melons and I brought them home and, and some people came over. And I mean. Probably they thought it was no big deal, but I'm serving them a melon that I grew, and it was like I'm gushing. Oh my God, is this the best melon? And probably looking at me like, Oh my God, he's nuts. But I'm going on and on, and it's that. And I finally, I said, You don't understand. I didn't buy this at the store. I grew it myself. And so there's there's this wonderful satisfaction that you grew a melon, and someone's eating it that you grew. Probably cost you a hundred dollars to grow that melon, but. <laughs> Probably very true. It's a sacred melon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a gold melon. <laughs> oh, um, so. It's, it's good. Um, we, I do a, I also do the gardens out for the River Cats at Sutter Health Park. And I've done that the last three years. And it's been satisfying for me because I, I don't have a lot of room in my own yard. Um, it's pretty, you know drought tolerant and, and low maintenance. But in in this space at the ball field, it's been so much fun because I've got a lot more room to work with. I've got a lot of uh, endless possibilities, really, for doing anything. And, and it is fun. Yesterday I came home with some squash I had grown there. Um, I don't keep very much of it because most of it we donate to the Yellow Food Bank. But um, I brought home a couple of squash yesterday and it was so, again, it's the first thing of the year and you're so satisfied uh -huh. with what you did. So. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, what are, what are their garden beds? This is this is the uh, River Cass is Sacramento's um, baseball team. Right. It's their, um, they're, the num they're uh, rated the number one minor league ball team in America. Oh, and they won the state or national championship last year, and um, it's a started. They started the garden a few years ago, and I took it over uh, back in um, 2018. It's uh, they have four major beds that are used. It's the only. It's the largest and really the only um, real garden in Major League Baseball. Uh, the San Francisco Giants have a small garden, but this is this is the Giants would love us to come do that at their place. They said we um, 
We also have a vineyard that was planted by uh, Warren Bogle um, five years, excuse me, four years ago, the year before I started. And so I kind of maintain that as well. And, uh, and then there's lots of flower beds that we've created. And it's, it's beautiful. We have, um, last year we, we came in uh, number 20 uh, with a giant pumpkin at the um, pumpkin wow. festival in Elk Grove. Um, and we have another giant pumpkin going this year. And um, uh, we do tomatoes and peppers and squash and cucumbers and all kinds of things. It's been a, it's been a uh, wonderful experience, a really positive experience for everyone involved. Who, whose idea was that? Because it's such a great idea to take a, you know, a public, um, you know, business, right. uh, you might say. Who, whose idea was to well, do that? I, it came down through, of course, marketing. <laughs> right. But um, Elise uh, and Greg, who are two of the marketing czars there at Rayleigh Field, are both into gardening and thought it would just be a, a wonderful thing to have. Um, Marcelo Klamer, who is the groundskeeper, uh, is really into gardening, so he, he helps maintain it. And then uh, this past year, a year ago, I got the help of uh, Jose Martin from uh, Old Trek Organics and RTI, which is the biggest producer of mycorrhizae in the world. And um, they uh, they helped get the pumpkin started and and uh, it's just been an ongoing thing it, and it's done really really well for us unfortunately we don't have a ball season this year but we decided to maintain the garden anyway because mm-hmm. you know it's it's just been a lot of fun and we call it the optimistic garden because we're hoping there might be baseball before the end of the season <laughs> yeah i see now say again the micro rise um what exactly is that you're talking about a soil you know, mycorrhizae is, um, is what you, uh, it's grown actually on garlic uh, in most places. And uh, the mycorrhizae for um, truck and RTI is, uh, is grown in the Salinas Valley and in Gilroy, of course, where, <laughs> where, where the garlic, garlic is. Uh-huh. And the mycorrhizae attach themselves, they're living fungi, and they attach themselves to the root system of the plant. They tell the plant where all the nutrition is, where the water is, and the plants just go crazy. Uh, their root system is so much more advanced because of it. And uh, then you add things like biochar or azomite or, or, or anything else to to actually enhance the soil some more and the mycorrhizae go even crazier. And, and uh, it really makes a difference. I mean, most of the giant pumpkins and giant vegetables that are grown throughout the world, uh, they're using mycorrhizae to do it. Uh, but now the homeowner can do it when they're planting a tomato or, or a pepper or something, something that really needs that strong, active... Mm-hmm. A root system and you sprinkle a little bit on the roots just as you set it into the hole is it dry like a powder it's dry it mm-hmm. is dry and you sell it at, at amy mm-hmm. yes we do oh gosh i i gotta go back out <laughs> <laughs> and wow. then is it just once a see do you do you replenish it or or no um you don't actually because it has to well you could if you dug up the plants i guess but it has to come in direct contact with the roots oh okay you can't like 
put it on as a, there are companies that say you can put it on as a liquid, but I haven't seen proof that that works yet. Would you use it in ornamental trees and shrubs? I'd use it on anything. And if anybody comes in and they're planting a citrus tree or any kind of fruit tree or any tree, it doesn't really matter. Um, I always sell them a package and for three ninety nine they're getting a three fifty nine, you're getting a package and you sprinkle it on the roots and you throw it in a hole and probably for one package you could probably plant six or eight trees, you know. Ah, okay. And um So it's while you you dig the hole, then you sprinkle it in, then you put the plant in? Yeah, I sprinkle it on the roots as I'm putting it in the hole. Okay. okay. Of course, you can throw some in the hole, too. It's just so important that the roots come in direct contact. See, even, well, I, I had never heard of this. I'm learning something great. In fact, I'm writing it down, and it's like, I got to go and get some. Can you, uh, Randy, can you, can you spell it so we all know exactly? Oh, yeah, that'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I spell it M-I-C-R-O-R-I-Z-A, I believe. Oh, okay. I got it almost right. Yeah. Okay. Now, there now can you a, now can you spell I in there someplace? But okay. Yeah. All right. Now will you spell chrysanthemum for us? No. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's a great tip. You know, last last week we had uh, Greg Gayton, who's with um, Green Acres, um, speak to us, and he was all over um, um, worm composting. Worm. Yeah. Worm casting. Yeah. Which isn't easy to get right now. All I the, know. That's what it hurts. Soil companies are out of worm casting. Yeah, that's some, you know, I used to get it at Costco. I was always surprised to find bags of it there. And I used to um, have my own vermiculture going, which means, um, you know, I had worms for compost. And what's great about that, people think they're stinky. They're not. Um, you know, if, if you're in the kitchen and you're chopping vegetables and fruit and instead of throwing the stuff in the compost, you give it to the worms in the, you know, they're in a certain bin. Boy, they, not only do they make great work of it and leave castings, but they make what's called worm tea, uh, which is really good for the soil. I don't know if you sell any of that, do you? We do. We sell worm tea. Uh, a lot of it's been mixed with compost to make compost tea. A mm. lot of it. Um, companies like Malibu Compost and Whole Truck Organics have all come out with um, different versions of compost tea, and some of them contain uh, earthworm castings. As well. mm -hmm. You know, I'm wondering, since people are just getting into garden, um, the next step um, I'm hoping would be to learn about composting. I don't know if, if you... If you guys uh, have workshops there or are able to guide people well, I, in that I way, I think it would be a really good idea, Roberta. I, you know, as you know, we we've tried to do classes over time, and mm -hmm. uh, with the pandemic, we really cut out having those kinds of events this year, uh, which was right. kind of sad because it is really a learning process. But I think you're right. With people start, so many people starting gardens that. They're going to need to know the next step, which really is to create some of your own compost. Right. Right. Because it's, um, you know, it's such recycling um, is, is so important. We're talking about just recycling, you know, food scraps and, and with the compost, um, you know, what you don't put in a compost are meat products or oil. Um, but, you know, you could put in coffee grounds and even the coffee filters that go in and um, instead of just putting them in the trash, you know, the microorganisms all work this into some beautiful um, black gold. That's what I call good compost. Right. Right. 
yeah. So do you um, do you sell compost bins there? I mean, I used we to. We do. We sell oh, okay. uh, compost bins. And, and, and it has been a big year for compost bins compared to, say, last year. Um, I, I'm selling, you know, probably six or eight a week. And wow. Uh, I was lucky to sell six or eight a month. Oh, really? So, so that brings up a question. Uh, I'm just curious as a nursery person. This is an exceptional year because of everything going on. But when you start a year out, um, is it like gambling? I mean, how do you know know what to order, what's going to be the big sale, you know, whether it be vegetables or especially, I know vegetables, tomatoes are always popular, but ornamentals, what trees, shrubs, bushes, ground covers are, um, are going to be especially that you order? Um, or is it hit and miss? And then if you order too many of one thing and it just sits there, I mean, how does one figure that out? Well, a lot of it is, is definitely trends. Uh, this was not a trend we expected. Um, we have that? seen a growth in fruit trees, bare root fruit tree, over the past probably two and three seasons now. So we ordered more this year. Uh, didn't order a lot more, but we ordered more. What I do... I um, I really do have to look at the numbers and just I always try and increase a small amount on everything and right. that things turn out. Uh, it's hard because you're you're dealing with a lot of money and you're trying right. to decide, you know, how what's going to be the right amount and mm -hmm. and with fruit trees it was definitely uh, one of those things where it was pretty much a no brainer. We, we were pretty much roses scared me for a while this season because right at the beginning of the season I called um, Weeks Roses and I said I don't know if we're going to take another order because <laughs> it's not going very well and then all of a sudden bang sometime around the third week of April also, I turn around. There were no roses in the garden. So, <laughs> I got one second thought, I need more roses. So, and, and I knew Mother's Day was coming around, and that's always a big rose time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What What's the most popular fruit tree that you sell? Are the citrus or what? What What do you? Oh, I would say a Meyer lemon, as mm -hmm. far as citrus is concerned, uh, is probably the. the yeah, it's amazing how many. How many people, you know, when I'm working with clients and I and they want a fruit tree, and I said, well, okay, what do you want? The number one thing that I always hear from almost everyone is Meyer lemon. It, it blows me away how popular it's become. It is, and and in fact, we have one at at the River Cats too at Sutter Elf Park because they the chef there wanted a Meyer lemon, so we put one in. And then what about stone fruit? What's the most popular? Well, I would say cherries. Okay, it seems like cherries are always the first thing that goes and each year we bring in a few more cherries and have you found of an um, in, interest in quote unquote the fruit cocktail tree you know which has several graphs of different kinds of fruits we have um not as much as i would have liked to because i i really i have one in my own yard so i um you know i would love to see it other people get interested i'm not always sure that they understand it or mm -hmm. right I've I've always heard it called the four in one and six in one um, when they graft fruit. But let me ask you a quick question before we go past the cherries. In my experience, most cherry trees need a pollinator. Is that correct? I know there's that one. That does. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there are very few that that don't, and um, and usually the ones that most people want are the are the ones that need a need second. pollinator. So like we often say, does your neighbor have a cherry tree? Yeah. Or, <laughs> right. Uh, 
So that's important to know because uh, probably the most popular is what the Bing or um... yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it, then Queen Anne. Queen Anne would be yeah. another one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so pollinators. Uh, certain trees need pollinators, and cherries are one of them. Um, and you can ask, you know, our the guys that work with me outside, uh, Dwayne View and, and Pat Smith. They they know their trees really well, and they they're immediately able to. To assist people and give them an idea, and of course you you always got Google too, so <laughs> you've got those things going for you. Pat and Dwayne have been around it for so many years that they they know what what'll work and what won't. They do, and they also um, are really really helpful. Um, if you bring in uh, leaves with diseases or stuff, they're they're pretty good. At, they're I mean they're very good at um, finding out or pointing you to the right product to um, to help because fruit trees, I'd say. Um, Peaches in particular with a peach curl um, are susceptible to, to different, um, you know, fungus or insects. And uh, they're right on it with what to do. Right. So if you need a, a tree, if you do plant a tree with that needs a pollinator, how far away can that other tree that you plant? I mean, can it be, does it have to be five feet away? Can it be 30 feet away? I mean, oh, does it matter? It can actually be up to 100 feet away. Okay. Uh, that's what I've been told anyway. Because it's the bees that pollinate, right? It's correct. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And, and you know, while we're talking about that, I was going to come drop back to vegetables again. The other thing I always try and tell people, and I got this from you, Roberta, actually, was that vegetables need pollinators nearby. They need perennials. Mm-hmm. And it's super important to put perennials in the garden. And at, at the river cats, for example, we've planted perennials in different corners of the garden to ensure that we get the right amount of bees coming in and, and yeah. insects too. It, it's important. And you could, you could actually Google um, lists of companion plants. Um, certain vegetables really like certain perennials. And then there's certain plants that, that don't like certain perennials. And so, um, you, you know, they're, I just posted one not too long ago on my Facebook page, but um, also a lot of people say, you know, oh, it just looks so ugly in the winter, but it doesn't have to be because if you plant herbs and perennials with your vegetables, when the vegetables are done, because they're annuals, um, you know, you'll, you'll eat, if you don't plant a cover crop like crimson clover or something, but you'll still have, um, you know, the herbs there. Correct. Right. And it looks great. Yeah, and yes. rosemary and lavender. I mean, bees love that, and it's nice to have that in the garden. And you know, the vegetables—they um, get the good stuff too. Exactly. Well, this has been so helpful, and um, you know, not everybody, obviously, our listeners are in Sacramento, but for those that are, um, Amy Hardware is an institution, and the Casual Living has fabulous furniture, outdoor furniture. And um, grills and hammocks and just about everything you need for outdoor living, which here we could live outdoors for nine months out of the year at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and they um, go hand in hand. They, they do. And um, so, uh, Randy, it's been so helpful. And I, I am going to get some micro rise us. Me too. That's one of the, I, I wrote it down. That's one of the things I'll be making a trip down to see you. Yeah, and I and I hope, Randy, that um, you put out on Facebook that you'd love to get pictures of the people that have come in and, and uh, uh, for gardening stuff and yeah. see, see the fruits of their labor. I will. I will. Perfect. I mean, if you want to see our our 
gardens at uh, the River Catherine. Yeah. The other stuff that I do, um, I'm on Instagram at Sacktown Gardener. Okay. Sac oh, perfect. Sacktown Gardener. Oh, I'll, I'll do that. I will um, follow you because uh, I think that's really interesting. You know, and uh, I'll, I'll just put it out there. I have, um, I have a couple clients that own property that right now they just have to keep mowing. One is next to a, um, a little business park that they own. Another one is an empty lot next to them. And I would love to turn those places and they would love that too into community gardens, um, you know, for the vegetables and fruits, uh, to be grown for, you know, whatever, um, you know, food bank or whatever else. But, um, I'll just kind of put it out there that, uh, people can contact us at, uh, digging deep, dot blueberry dot net and that's uh, you drop the e b l u b r r y and um because i think that the empty spaces if they could all become gardens there's even a little fire uh department on our corner who just has you know dead looking bermuda grass how wonderful wouldn't it be if, if there was a community garden there yeah. i agree yeah so anyway uh um if, if either of you have any Insight, or maybe I should just contact chefs. Maybe they'll get the that going. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you might uh, be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I'd love to see that. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We um, very much appreciate and all the valuable information you shared with us. Yes, and I'm sure you're going to have an uptick um, at your store with people going to get the. Uh, the, the the worm casting tea and the mycorrhiza and even your vegetables and. Um, Fruit trees and flowers. You have a little bit of everything, not to mention a beautiful indoor plant section. Absolutely fabulous. So look them up. Amy is spelled E-M-I-G-H. And we're yeah. on the web at amy.com. Amy.com. And if you're in Sacramento, they're on the corner of um, El Camino and Watt. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, um, Randy. And this has been... Digging Deep with Roberta Walker and Michael Glassman. And please join us weekly. We're going to bring to you our knowledge and uh, hopefully not so much for our foibles, although we've been there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we still are there. We're still there. Okay, thank you. Thanks.